Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, September 15th. Public hearings are underway for the City of Calgary's housing strategy. What's the city's plan to address the ongoing crisis? We get an update from Mayor Jyoti Gondek. It is a massive event which will attract an estimated 15,000 visitors to our city. We get details on the 24th World Petroleum Congress kicking off this weekend from Richard Masson, Chair of the World Petroleum Congress of Canada. And finally, it's a girl! Woo! We introduce you to the newest member of the morning show team, QR Calgary's junior reporter, who also happens to be our Dave McIver's newborn daughter, Summer McIver. This week, Housing Minister Sean Fraser sent a letter to Mayor Jyoti Gondek stating that the housing accelerator funds will not be approved to Calgary unless the housing strategy passes. City Hall holds the second day of public hearings today, and joining us to discuss this ongoing issue is Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Good morning to you, Madam Mayor. Good morning, Andy. Well, let's start with the, uh, the letter from Minister Fraser. Your thoughts receiving it and, and the contents? Uh, two thoughts on receiving it. The letter very clearly outlines that the strategy proposed by our administration based on the Housing and Affordability Task Force is a very good process. Um, he endorses it. And the second point being that, you know, because they're the federal government and they're releasing funding to projects that they think are in line with their philosophy of housing, they have said that unless we approve it in its entirety, we will not get those funds. And a lot of it has to do with changing the base land use district to allow for more mixed housing in all communities. And where is council with this at this point? I know the meetings are ongoing. I know you'll be meeting through the weekend. What's going to be the main recommendation or set of recommendations before council, do you feel? It's a really good question, Sue, and let me just back up and explain it a little bit. In June, the Housing Affordability Task Force recommendations came to us. We accepted them in a 14-to-1 decision. That laid the groundwork for what administration came to us with uh, yesterday. There's about 33 recommendations, which comprise about 60 different actions, things like $10,000 for an incentive to build a secondary suite, uh, making sure that we sell off city-owned land to have more mixed housing by transit sites, and to use city-owned land to have more affordable housing projects. Um, We are hearing from the public right now. We've listened to about 90 people yesterday. There's at least another 60 or 70 to go today, and we will keep going and listening to the public. Then we will deliberate on the recommendations, and then there's a special meeting of council that's called for tomorrow to get to the vote and start acting. We've heard from students. We've heard from seniors. We've heard from mothers single mothers with children who are in terrible situations. So we're taking this very seriously, and uh, final decision will come on Saturday, tomorrow. And I, I know you're you're in it right now, uh, Madam Mayor, and you mentioned, uh, you know, what, 150 between, you know, uh, all the uh, members of the public coming out. Is it still, is it too late, or could somebody, you know, get their thoughts uh, being sent in to these hearings? Yeah, anytime somebody wants to send in an email or a letter, you can still make that public submission. We are going to accept them until the meeting wraps. Uh, the committee meeting that is uh, and if anybody wants to come down and speak you just have to register i would highly recommend that you go online to register so you know uh, approximately when you're going to be on but we are very interested in hearing from everyone and there was such compelling stories of the crisis situation that people are facing it really is um, it is something to hear and you know if if you're not moved by those stories then you just don't have a heart 
And it is an immediate issue, obviously, right? And I know the council's taking it very seriously, but nothing can happen overnight. So if things get passed the way they stand and we move forward, how long until a housing strategy is implemented? How long before we can get some emergency housing available for people? I appreciate that question, too. There are some actions we can take right away. Like as soon as we make the decision tomorrow, if it's a yes, there are many things we can start doing, like looking at parcels of land that could be used for affordable housing, finding the right nonprofit partners to work with, offering the incentive, all of those types of things. The things that will take a little bit longer and a lot more public engagement and feedback, if it is a yes vote tomorrow, it doesn't mean that we have changed the base land use. All it means is that we have authorized administration to proceed with engaging with the public and bringing forward a new bylaw for council to consider that will take several months. Madam Mayor, something we, we were talking about on the program is, yes, uh, as uh, Sue did underscore there, the need, not months and a year or two years down the road. Has it been considered to use, you know, manufactured homes or temporary homes like we do see for oil uh, you know, operations in northern sections of our province, like ATCO homes? Is that something that's been looked at? Another great question. That is an amendment that I, I am bringing uh, whenever we get to deliberations. Um, I am proposing that we find a city-owned site and at no cost make it available to create that kind of a modular structure as emergency housing for families in need. Uh, we understand from statistics released yesterday that 245 families in our city, more than 80% of them being led by a mother, do not have homes. There are only three placement opportunities and 245 families. If we can create this kind of modular home community, we could be helping some kids stay in school and grow up all right, and we could help, you know, working people who really need housing. So absolutely, it is a consideration that's coming as an amendment. Mayor, I mean, has it been interesting so far to hear some of the ideas or some of the, the, the points that are coming from the public, and, and you'll continue to, to listen to them, but I, I love when people can voice, you know, their outside-of-the-box thinking, and, and are you getting some of that coming your way? Absolutely. We have heard some really great ideas. We've heard from people who are saying, you know, why don't we do, um, you know, 3D printed homes? Why don't we do more of a process where we normalize and encourage co-op housing? Um, lots of really good ideas coming forward. And in addition to those, the lived experience and the actual understanding of how much rents are going up, mm -hmm. what it means to someone who's earning minimum wage, and talking to the, the service agencies who are saying, not only are we worried about our clients, we're worried about our staff because they're having as hard of a time finding housing as the clients that they're trying to help. You know, it's something we, we've touched on in the past that is one a bit of a refresher, Madam Mayor, which is, you know, we're not the only ones going through this. Obviously, we need a Calgary-created uh, solution to unique uh, issues to our city, but are we still uh, taking any notes from cities who've got this right, who are going through the same thing that we're going through right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my team in the mayor's office has compiled a lot of different examples that we have been looking at. There's actually a report out of Urban Land Institute, which is an international organization that talks about the idea of modular structures or smaller communities to help people as a temporary measure until they can get into the system and find more permanent housing. So we are absolutely looking at the places that have done this well before, and we're taking lessons from the places that did not act quickly enough. And we are really stressing the fact that a decision needs to be made quickly. 
we uh, we get a lot of people texting in saying, you know, the mobile home parks, those were those were a great idea. They're they're virtually gone from our city now. Is that something that ever could come into play again? I mean, personally, for me, I think mobile home parks are a great idea. There's a lot of people that really enjoy the sense of community that they get from that sort of um, a living environment. Um, it is absolutely a sense of community. I grew up in Manitoba, and those were, you know, very normal things that we saw in the places where I grew up. So I'm absolutely not opposed to that. I just think we need to be creative. We need to understand that the style of housing can be different to be successful. And we have to understand that you have to have options for people. It's not just about home ownership. You have to have affordable rental. You have to consider co-op housing. And you need to think about all of these things together so that we're looking after everybody. The meeting tomorrow, when we've, uh, you know, done the due diligence, we, we, like I've rolled up my sleeves and I'm part of City Hall now. (laughs) We're all in this together, (laughs) Andy. (laughs) Can you give us the parameters of the time and can people come tomorrow and uh, you'll view this meeting? Well, today is the opportunity for the public that wishes to actually have their say. So everybody gets five minutes today. It may spill into tomorrow. It might not. So I just want people to make sure that they're keeping track of how long the committee meeting is running. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, the council meeting is scheduled for one o'clock and people can come and watch. Uh, There won't be an opportunity for public feedback at that point. It might get pushed a little bit back, too, if committee is still running. But again, these things are important enough that we have to uh, be accommodating with how flexible we are in terms of timing. Thank you so much for joining us, Mayor. We'll be following up, obviously, on Monday and uh, you know, seeing kind of what has come out of yesterday, today, and Saturday's meeting. Thanks for your time this morning. Well, thanks for offering me the time, and I hope everyone has a great weekend. You too. That is Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Here it is, the 24th World Petroleum Congress kicking off in our city this Sunday. A huge event in size and stature. To tell us all about it, we are joined by Richard Masson, Chair of the World Petroleum Congress of Canada. Good morning to you, Richard. Good morning. And Am I reading this incorrectly? Back for only a second time in Calgary? This is a very um, rare Congress, really. It's once every three years, uh-huh. and cities have to bid for the right to host it, just like the Olympics. And so there have been 24 of them over the past 70 years. Calgary is one of the four cities who's hosted twice. London, Houston, and Moscow are the others. So, yeah, we're in an exclusive club getting this back a second time. And how big a deal is this World Petroleum Congress, Richard? I mean, it is a, I know it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it is a particularly big deal, is it not? It has a long tradition of attracting energy ministers and CEOs from around the world. And because those folks know that they come, they all come. And so we get a, a really good mix of policy leaders and industry leaders gathering together in a single place to talk about topics about improving the performance of the energy industry and really on this congress because the theme is energy transition the path to net zero we're all going to be focused on how do we deliver on some of the goals for climate while still providing safe reliable and affordable energy to the world richard it's your time to name drop give (laughs) us uh, some of the names the high profile speakers who will be seen around town well one of the ones i think um that's going to be really interesting to hear from is uh, his royal highness Abdulaziz bin Salman al-Saad, who's the energy minister for Saudi Arabia. Um, We have also the head of of Aramco, one of the biggest oil companies in the world. Um, We have the head of ExxonMobil, Darren Woods. We have a number of Canadian CEOs, of course. The head of WestJet is coming because we have industries beyond just oil and gas participating in this. 
So it's, it's got a, a wide scope, um, people coming from the Middle East, from Asia, from South America. They're all coming together to talk about this here in Calgary. And Richard, tell us a little bit about the theme this year. What are we focusing on at this Congress? We've been working on this for several years now. Uh, we've developed the theme energy transition to path to net zero about three and a half years ago. So, for example, there's a technical program that's part of this. There are 17 subtopics related to that theme. We did an international call for papers, um, had 1,300 abstracts submitted from around the world from more than 50 countries. There was a panel of uh, chairs and vice chairs for each of those different topics. They selected papers. So there are going to be 250 authors coming to deliver these papers about how do we uh, improve performance, essentially, uh, with an environmental theme in each of those topics. So that's just one element of the program. The strategic program is where the CEOs and ministers get together to talk about these things. Um, there's ministerial sessions where ministers from different countries are going to interact on, on what they see as the future and, and what they think is important for their countries. So it's just a four days full of all kinds of programming mm-hmm. to allow delegates and visitors to come and really learn about what's going on in the world. And, you know, doing business is a big part of it. So engaging with all these people who are here from out of town is a great way to improve um, Canada's connection and, and generate new business. Business to, you know, bolster the petroleum industry, which is fantastic, but also the business of, you know, tourism for the city of Calgary. So you're within this world, Richard, but can you give us some kind of an impact that this will have on the local economy, like how many delegates and and participants will be here, or hotel rooms? This is a big deal, isn't it? It is a big deal, yeah. We, We, the delegate gets access to everything, all these strategic sessions with the CEOs. We expect we'll have something like 5,000 of them by the time uh, we get all the registrations done. Everybody is a little bit slow in registering since COVID, but it's all coming in uh, pretty well where we expected. And then trade visitors are the people who can come um, just for the day to see the exhibition and some of the programming within the exhibition. And we'll probably have between five and 10,000 of them. And so, yeah, the hotel rooms are full. One of the things that companies do is they do a lot of side events. So when their CEOs are in town, they'll book hotels, um, invite some of their clients or, or peer companies to come and, and have dinners or, or meet with them um, to take full advantage of this opportunity. So there's going to be all kinds of activity through the week as people take advantage of everybody being in town. Love it. It's a big deal. A lot happening down at Stampede Park and beyond. Thank you so much for telling us all about it, Richard. Appreciate your time this morning. We look forward to welcoming everybody who's able to make it down, so please do. That we do, and welcome to Calgary, those who are visiting. 24th World Petroleum Congress kicking off in Calgary this weekend. That was Richard Masson, chair of the World Petroleum Congress of Canada. It's a big day. It's a big day for us here at QR Calgary. We are introducing to you the newest member of our team junior reporter it's official she has a title and a business card junior reporter summer mciver hi summer you're two weeks old today what do you have to say for yourself Ah, <laughs> uh, beautiful daughter of courtney mciver and our dave mciver and uh, a couple of weeks early how how early was she dave uh well she was what are they called 36 and five so she was 36 weeks five days that's how long she was inside courtney 
So two weeks and two two That's weeks. That's a scientific <laughs> term yeah. right there. That's, That's really you don't even know. You can't even count it down because the only thing they say to you in the hospital. She's she's thirty six five. She's thirty six five. Gotcha. Thirty six five. So okay. let's, gonna, more importantly, let's ask Courtney. How, yeah, let's get right to happening. Courtney. Yeah. She was twenty three days early. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I got another I one. Know. Another one for Courtney as well. Yeah. Okay. You 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 grow up. Well, here you are. You have a baby now. You grow up and you think, maybe I'll have kids. You, you know, you, you have a little nieces and nephews maybe around you. Your friends have kids. You have this opinion in your mind what it's going to be like to have a baby. Mm. What is the greatest difference from what you thought it would be to what it is? You get a lot less sleep than you think you will. <laughs> <laughs> she has to eat every two hours. I was like, nobody told me this. <laughs> Who knew I had to feed this thing? <laughs> she, uh, But yeah, but she's doing well, right? I mean, she was early, but you're well. The baby's fine. Everything is okay, correct? Yeah, we're doing good. She awesome. had jaundice. That's gone away. We're hoping she's at her birth weight today. She's doing great. Regular checkups, and then they get, you get the thumbs up every time. Exactly. Yeah, Love we it. were there almost every day last week, and now we're we're finally getting to a place where we only have to go in once a week. Yep, it's fantastic. It's a bit scary when it happens early, though, right? I mean, the whole thing for your first child is a Oof. bit scary anyway, and Dave, I know for you particularly, but even for mom, and then to have her coming early, it's just, it's a bit freaky, isn't it? Because you're, I mean, you just assume everything is going to go the way it's supposed to go. Absolutely, and she wasn't pooping within 48 hours, so I was like, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. Now she poops every three hours. Excellent. So, <laughs> I never thought I would talk about poop so much with my husband. <laughs> Sometimes all over the place. Yeah, yeah. that happens too. And, and I'll throw it out to both of you because because this is the age-old thing that parents talk about, uh, and I'm wondering if it's already with this, with f- only 14 days that it's you can't believe that this thing's been living with you for 14 days. Yeah, it's, like it's it seems like yesterday. Yeah, it's it? crazy. Like we were just sitting down yesterday, and you know, she was having a little nap in the bassinet, and Courtney's like, "Can you believe we created this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I can. I can believe we created this." But she's like, she's already been around like two weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And soon it'll be a month, and then soon it'll be six months. And we'll be like, where the heck did the time go? It's yeah. nuts. It's a time warp. And then she's off to college. Yeah. Literally. You yeah. know what? She's really easy. You know what's not easy is having a dog around with a baby. <laughs> He's <laughs> more work that. than she yeah. is. Andy and I both know about that, too. He's a good boy. He's yeah. getting better. He's getting better. It's tough. But, I mean, it's a lot. And I think, you know, you, you just have no idea. You have no concept until you have to live it. And, and that's just the way it is. And then you figure it out. And luckily, you figure it out together. Absolutely. Yeah. And controversial, but I think having a puppy is more work than a baby. I agree with that. At well, least right now. People are going to be all over that. Yeah. And if anybody knows about work, it's you two because you made the decision to, you know what, with the baby's coming, which is great. Let's also move like within days of the baby being born. <laughs> yeah. So can you break down, maybe people at home don't know about the timeline as far as moving and having a baby. So we were due to move on Sunday. So September, Summer was born on September 1st and we were due to move the 3rd. For She was due on the 24th. So, you know, thank God we have such a great support system and people around us who are there to help us move. But yeah, we left our house in Douglasdale on the Thursday or Friday morning and then we went to our in-laws or my in-laws for a couple of days and, you know, they housed us and it was just awesome of them. My parents were stopping in and helping and, of course, family, uh, you know, outside of just uh, her immediate family was stopping in and then we went home to a new house. It was pretty strange. I was like, I, I left sleeping here <laughs> yeah. and now I'm back sleeping. Like, what happened here? So, yeah, it was a pretty crazy turnaround. Court, I was you... just really excited to get into the new house, I guess. <laughs> That's why she came early. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Court, you gave birth down at the South Health Campus, right? Yes, what and a beautiful hospital. How was your experience? Because I think, you know, sometimes hospitals get a bad rap. It's tough. There's a lot of work going on down there and things happen quickly, but you had a great experience. Yeah, we had the best nurses, like... 
we had Audrey was our first nurse. She helped us get through the labor. We had Rachel. We had Michelle, Michelle and Kimberly. Kimberly. Good for you. Good for memory, Dave. Yeah, they were incredible. These people were my lifeline for yeah. four days, for three days. Like I, didn't, I was like, oh, hey, I need to ask you everything. I better get to know your name at least. The rooms, too, are Magnificent. Oh, Andy, Dave I'm guessing. had his own bed. Never. Really? I'm guessing. I'm guessing you had to deal with the chair. Wow. Yeah, I, I, Rocky View uh, was the place. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with with my kids up till even like all four you know, years uh, at Rocky View. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, up my about, two as well. Five year old. Uh, you know, Bo was the last one to go through there, but. I've heard these incredible stories. Otherwise, it's a, a leatherette chair with hard arms, and yeah. that's where you sleep. They have the chair, but they also have a bed. I've heard that. And I was just sleeping and sleeping <laughs> and doing a little more sleeping. I was also taking care of the baby at times. In the cafeteria. Oh, the cafeteria there is fantastic. Hospital we always end up, when we're talking about this, at the cafeteria. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you mentioned the names of some of the incredible people from Alberta Health Services helping you out. Let's say what's in a name right now, and and summer. Can you talk about the conversation to 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 come up with the name summer for this little girl, and how did that uh, un, uh, like, uh, unveil itself and, and roll out? Honestly, I thought we were gonna have a boy for sure, hands down. <laughs> so we had a name picked out. Have you shared that name? Uh, yeah, we we're gonna name him Brady. Right. Of course. Naturally. And then we went back and forth for a long time, and it came down between Ivy and Summer. And Dave liked Ivy. He wanted to call her Ivy McIvy. <laughs> and I was more catchy. stuck on yeah. Summer. Yeah. And then after talking to my girlfriends, they were like, you, you're it. a Summer. She's going to be a Summer. Mm. Go with your gut. So... But I didn't know that Dave was going to announce it the day before on the radio. Because I had people texting me going, oh, you named the baby. And I politely asked Summer not to come for another two weeks. And she came. She came like literally 16 hours later. Guess what? They're never going to listen throughout the entire lifespan of that child. It won't listen to what you say. So. Might as well start it off early. Yeah, might as well get used to it, yeah, right? Exactly. Incredible. Well, welcome to the family. Yes. Thank you. Our junior reporter. Courtney, when are you back to work on the weekends? Come on. This week. uh, Courtney Davidson, I think by the way, February, is the name that Courtney goes by in our February newsroom. 2025. I okay. could be back sooner. Who knows? I uh, I really like working here, so. Well, you can I'm wear the baby Bjorn now. and you'll yes. be fine. It's not that hard. No, you can do I it, got Court. it. You can do it. Excellent. Well, thanks so much. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Fantastic. Thank you. Hey, if, you if, it's, if, it's, if it's all right, we'd like to put a picture up of you guys as a family at mm-hmm. some point you know, on our Facebook. Hey, you just you got to ask the, the, you guys are the decision maker over here. We'll put it up there. <laughs> it's our new QR Calgary junior reporter, Summer McIver.